control. I'm making progress. No, you haven't been having any progress, and you're not in control. It is in control, and if you think you're in control, then you're being an idiot. Hey, hey. Not oh, a single hey. thing you've done has helped, and I'm sorry. I don't mean to burst your bubble, but the camera hasn't helped, and the stupid footprints haven't helped. Do you think that thing would have left footprints if it didn't want to? No. It did it because it wanted to. It wanted you to find my photo. It can be anywhere. It hears what we're saying right now. Hey, how the fuck do you know? You are absolutely powerless. That's that's not true at all. You know well, it. Well, get over it. Can you name the movie, Brady? I love that movie. We watched it, like, last week. It's Paranormal Activity. That's such a good movie. Yeah, I remember first watching that um, in the movie theaters, and I was, like, yeah. legitimately scared. Well, it's big. The advertising for it was so genius because they're like, "This is the re- this is a real movie. This shit really happened." It brought a lot of people in, us included, because like it was it terrified me. Here's a tough question: Which one did you like more, the Blair Witch or Paranormal Activities? Uh, I don't. I have to go with I think Blair Witch because of the classicness of it. I like Paranormal Activities more. Maybe really? I'm just uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, the first and second I have to say were really good. And they started getting to like the third and fourth yeah. and twelfth, and they just had another one come out like a couple weeks ago, like next of kin or something. I don't, I'm like, <laughs> I don't have any desire to do that. Yeah, what I liked about Paranormal Activity is like they're experimenting with the paranormal. Like he's trying to be like scientificish, not really. I mean, he's just trying to interact with an entity. He's trying to piss it off because <laughs> he wants to get a rise out of it, right? And this kind of segues into what I was thinking here. So we have 93 subscribers on YouTube, and really our goal is to hit 100. And I was thinking, we've been thinking for months about what we can do to have a special listener uh, episode around 100 or something we can add to the podcast to make it more fun. And I realized what we're going to do. Okay, what is that? We are going to add a spirit box. We're going to purchase a spirit box with a a Bluetooth transmitter so we can... uh, where we can uh, play it through our podcast so uh-huh. you guys can all hear it. And we're going to ask one to two questions per episode to the to the great beyond. We'll be delving into the spirit world. Yeah. And uh, what we were also thinking about is eventually we're going to start a Patreon. I think that one special feature you guys will have is you can uh, post a question that you want us to ask in an episode. You know, Patreon is such a cool tool um, just because, like, for podcasters, especially like us or just... I mean, we're almost two years in, but it allows, you know, the fans to really support the show because then we can turn around and use the funding to increase our show with equipment and new, you know, segments and, and all of that stuff. So, um, I mean, if you do like the show, I mean, you've all supported us through reviews and everything, but if you ever wanted to support us a little bit more, Patreon's a great way to do that. So we will be doing that pretty quickly. And the next thing I want to bring up uh, in regards to audience interactivity is the new mixer that we got. We're able to actually take live calls while we're recording. And what we want to do is we want to interact with our fans. So if you guys have a scary story that you want to put on our podcast, send us an email written out about what your story is to entertheabysspod at gmail.com. And you'll have a chance to be on the show. Yeah. I think it's pretty great. You're going to meet these jerks. I think we're missing something, though. Hang on. Beer-tastic. That was a crisp opening. What are we drinking today? We have some Anderson Valley Brewing Company Barney Flats Oatmeal Stout. I used to brew oatmeal stout back in the day when I used to brew beer. I just like the can because it's a bear with antlers. That is pretty cool. (laughs) I was like, that looks really cool. And I like stouts. I like the the creamy stouts. Especially in the winter. Mm. Mm. So what exactly are we doing this week? Today we are doing short stories, 20 true creepy stories, allegedly. True stories. True? Allegedly. So if you guys are listening to this at night, just sit back in a chair, curl up uh, on your bed, 
maybe make fix yourself a nice little drink, and you're going to listen to us for the next, what, 40 minutes. It's, it's funny, though, because you know how um, Spotify does their, like, they call it their year wrapped, like their wrapped year? Yeah. So I was looking at our podcast wrapped, and I guess the majority of our listeners, you guys all listen between 11 a.m. and 5 p.m. You guys got to listen like, later. It's like the working hours. <laughs> Everyone's listening at work, like, man, the day's dragging on. I needed some horror shit. Yeah, and uh, from Spotify, I noticed that we got 800 views last month, which is just incredible. Yeah, that's insane. You guys are amazing. We're actually in a lot of different countries right now. Like, yeah. We are all over the place, which is fantastic. So 20 different stories. Uh, I guess I'll go into the first one. Yep. So the first one is called In the Middle of the Woods. Growing up, I lived in the middle of the woods. No neighbors for about a mile on each side, and we own 60 acres of forest and then a swamp after that. So basically, I lived in the middle of nowhere. One summer, when I was about 14, I was out in the middle of the woods playing with my dog. I'm an only child, and both of my parents were out of town. When I kept feeling something hit my elbow, I'd go to throw Max's ball, and the bump would make me throw it almost straight up. That would be so frustrating. That is Fetch! So, so strange. How would you rationalize that's a normal thing? I don't know. Every time you go to throw it, but you'd expect something right behind you, which I'm assuming nothing was. Assuming it was just bumping it on the trees or something, I ignored it. After the fourth or fifth time of it happening, I thought, well, this sucks. I'll just go home. Walking back, I felt uneasy, but I knew I was just freaking myself out because we were alone. About an hour later, Max and I are at home on the couch when the garage door opens and he starts barking, barking, barking. I hop up to go let in my mom or my dad even though they were home really early. I peered through the peephole and saw that the door was still shut and no one was in the garage. Quieting Max down, I opened the door slowly and called out for my dad. Nothing. No response at all, so I got out to check the door and it's still locked. Okay, sure. Weird, but oh well. Max heard it too, so at least I know I'm not crazy. About 20 minutes later, I hear the door open again, and this time Max starts growling like crazy. I quiet him down again and just assume it's the wind or something making noise even though by this point my heart is racing. I hear footsteps come up the stairs and think, oh geez, dad really is home this time, and hop up and run to the door. It starts to jiggle, so I run faster to let him in. I peep through the hole and even though my hand is loosely around the jiggling handle, there's no one on the other side of the door. Terrified, I go hide on the couch with all the lights on. Max is still growling. That would be so terrifying. Oh, as a kid, yeah. That's like, it brings you back to your childhood. Your ch- Not my childhood. I'm just saying, like, when your parents are not, so you're home alone. Oh, yeah. That feeling you get, that that um, edge of, like, a nerving feeling, that you, the energy you get. Yeah, because in that point in time, logic is out the window. Yeah. You're just terrified at this point. About an hour after that, I start to feel a little better, even though I'm still terrified. Then I hear the door jiggle again. This time, it was Max jiggling it. He needed to go outside, and the only way outside is through the garage. Fantastic. I literally sprint with him to the kennel, and as I'm standing in there, I decide to ask this thing questions to make myself feel better because I knew it wouldn't answer me. Thinking about what to ask it, my eyes are drawn to the huge heavy oak door on the kennel. It was always open because it was too heavy for me to move easily. I said, okay, ghost, if you're real, you'll shut this heavy door. Nothing. A minute goes by... Nothing. Max is still sniffing around. I turn around to yell at him to hurry up, and then from behind me I hear click. I whipped around and saw the giant door had swung shut and latched. Okay, clearly it was just the wind. It wasn't really windy, but 
It was the wind, for sure. Had to be. I proceed, okay, ghost, that was the wind. If you're really real, you'll open this massive door back up. Nothing. I relax a bit and then squat down with my head in on my knees, reminiscing about how lame I just was being scared when I hear click-clack. The door was now wide open. Max was done, so he booked it back into the house, locking every door in the house. For the next four hours, I would hear the footsteps on the stairs and the door handle jiggling every few minutes, until finally around 11 p.m., my dad walks in and yells at me for wasting electricity. (laughs) Such a dad thing to do. That would be my response. Why are the lights all on? It's 11 p.m. It's like the air conditioning, you open the door. Are you trying to cool the neighborhood? I never told him or my mom about it until about four months later when my dad came in from hunting after dark. He looked shaken, and I asked him what was wrong. He said he aimed at two deer but missed both completely because it felt as if something was hitting his elbow and making him shoot away above the deer. That's when I told him everything. So one thing on this story that struck out to me was um, him being a kid and being like, well, if you really do this, because that, that's something I used to do when I was a kid. Whenever <laughs> I get spooked, like if there's a ghost, say something, you know, yeah, do something about it. All and then right. something happens you're like, oh, well, that was just something else. If you're really, really real. <laughs> right. And you keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like two hours later, you're like, OK, last thing. Just like it's like <laughs> the kid brain trying to just tell yourself you're good. Yeah. Not wanting to know that there's shit happening. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. Okay, well, back to a scary dumpster story, I think. This one's number two, cartel crime. Living in northern part of Mexico, the drug cartel war was very intense in the city where I live a couple of years ago. I was waiting to cross the street when I saw a big truck dumping a plastic bag that happened to contain a fucking dismembered body. Oh, God. The worst part is that nobody did shit. I just waited for the light to change and ran like hell. (laughs) I mean, what can you really do? Yeah, I mean, they're already dead. You don't want to really get involved. You're in cartel territory. Like, who are you going to go tell on? Like, everybody knows. You just, yeah, you keep your head down. You just, you go where you're going. Yeah. This one's called, You're Not Supposed to Answer. That's very ominous. Right. My old co-worker had a son that was in his mid-30s, and he had a son named Hunter that was four or five. She said that Hunter would have bad dreams and that he would sleep with his dad when he got scared. One night, his dad woke up because he heard Hunter calling him, but he was calling him by his name, not dad. That would be so weird. Oh, yeah. My son just started, like, my son just learned my name. He's not two yet, and he says, he goes, Bitten. That's oh, so, that's cute. so cute. But I'm like, I don't want you to say my name. I'm dad. <laughs> it's dad, damn it. So he went to his room and he was asleep. He woke him up and said, Hunter, you were calling me. Is everything okay? And Hunter said, Dad, when they call you, you're not supposed to answer and fell back asleep. He asked him about it in the morning, but he said he didn't remember saying it. I get chills when I think about it. That reminds me of that story I've already said before, but my mom told me that. She walked past my room, and I had a big grin on my sleep when I was sleeping. 
or I had a big grin on my, <laughs> I had a big grin on my face when I was sleeping, and I just started bursting out into laughter. That's terrifying. That's creepy. And she's like, Cleet, do you remember that? And I was like, Nope, I still don't. You're like eating a mouthful of waffles. Nope, I'm good though. Kids do the damnedest things. They really just do. terrifying. All right, story number four: the house on Acorn Street. When I was 14, my family and I fell on hard times. We got kicked out of our house and ended up in an emergency housing. Basically, we went to Charity, who found us a house that we were able to rent for $100 a month, but only for three months. That summer, my mom and stepdad separated temporarily, and my three younger siblings would go to my stepdad's for a week or so, then come back to my mom and me. This house was fucking creepy. It started off with just that feeling, you know? Like something isn't quite right, that you might not be the only person in the room, In the day, that's all it was. The feeling that something was up. Your instincts pricking at you. I tried to ignore it, but as soon as dusk arrived, shit would just start happening. Shit always happens at night. Yeah. More than once, I could hear the static-filled music playing, but I couldn't find the source. It just filled the halls. I heard whispering and went to my two sisters' room. In the open closet, a pair of eyes looked at me and disappeared oh no my brother spent one night in the house and didn't come back (laughs) fuck this i'm out in my room i could never win on one wall a mirror when i flipped over to face the window i watched tall shadow figures pace in front of it in my mother's room the same shadow figures paced in circles around her room one night she and i sat up for two hours in her bed watching these shadows She was strongly religious and didn't know what to make of it. Are you ready for your shadow watching tonight, Timmy? My God, nope. Just pour yourself a cup of tea and just watch these shadows roam. (laughs) During the time we lived there, there was a lunar eclipse. I had never seen one before and was very excited for it. When I went out to look, every time, this terror took over me and I couldn't stay outside. I couldn't explain it. When the moon was fully cloaked, I went outside Looked up, but my head suddenly snapped down and to my left. I could see three tall shadows walking in between the tall pine trees in the yard. Panicked, I ran back inside and into my room, flinging myself under the covers with my eyes shut tightly, but listened to the pacing outside my bedroom window. Three months of this, we moved out at the end of summer into my new house. My mom and stepdad got back together, and I was with my younger siblings again. We all agreed that the house on Acorn Street was fucked up and still get chills when we drive by it just to see. God damn. So this, I don't know why, but this reminded me, like, so when you were a kid, like, so when I was a kid and I used to, like, watch TV and I was home alone, I'd always feel like someone was watching me watch TV. And I always get creeped out and I'd, like, look behind the couch. And sometimes I'd just get so creeped out, I would just go to my room. I don't know why that reminded me of that. Well, I mean, I think I've told both of these stories on the show earlier, but like I've seen a couple shadow people. Like I was telling you, it was a while ago, but me and my buddy were having a sleepover when I was really young. And like, I I don't think I was dreaming, but I probably was, but I looked up above me and like on the banister, there was like this shadowy person like talking to me, but I couldn't understand what it was saying. Scared the fucking shit out of me. I tried to wake my friend up, but he would sleep through a goddamn bomb. (laughs) Um, And then in my grandma's house, um, you know, when I lived there, I swear to God, cause she had so many windows and like they live right now, there's a bunch of houses going up, but back then they, there was no one around them and I could see shit. 
always walking around the windows. Basically, number five, I would always have the same dream. Up until I was about eight or so, I lived in a really old house that since the beginning of time had been bounced around from relative to relative until eventually my mother had been handed over the keys. It was basically a shit heap. Two stories, a collapsed balcony on the second level, mold and mildew all over most of the ceilings, one tiny bathroom, and the toilet was outside. Overrun was frogs and spiders and whatever other kind of hell spawn the Australian outback would throw at us. Oh my god. An outside toilet in Australia? A kangaroo nope. came out once. Dude, everything in Australia wants to kill you. Everything. I was terrified as a child, scared of basically everything. I'm much better now and have much bigger balls than most of my friends. Did they, like, measure? <laughs> Guys, my balls are the biggest. I had to drag them across the floor all the time. In quotations, if I do say so myself. Nonetheless, I would probably have to put the blame on this old house of mine. I remember as a child that I would always have the same dream. I'd start in the kitchen, no idea how I got there, of course. It was during the day, probably later in the afternoon. Nobody was around, so naturally I'd go looking for my mother and father. I'd go to all the normal places. Mom wasn't in the laundry shed or the, lo or the lounge room. Dad wasn't on the patio outside or up the back at the chicken coop, and my sister wasn't around either. I was starting to get worried, thinking that everyone was gone and they'd left me alone, until I heard a noise above me coming from the second floor, where the bedrooms are. Relieved, I darted towards the stairs and jumped up on the first step. Then I felt it. There was something in the back of my head making me stop, legs still raised up as I prepared to move on to the second step, something telling me that I shouldn't go up there. Of course, this thought was running rampant in my mind. Don't go up there. Don't go up there. Stay down here. Don't go up there. There's something up there. Finally, my leg dropped before I could reconsider. I pushed myself up those stairs, and even though I didn't want to anymore, I couldn't stop myself. Only slow down. Each step up was taken at an agonizingly slow pace, and I wanted so badly just to go back downstairs and find someone, run to my grandparents' house and stay with them until my mom was home. This is either a really good story or it's well-written. I'm enjoying this one. But eventually, I rounded the corner, leaving only the last few steps leading up to the floor ahead of me. There was nothing there. I couldn't see anything in the stairwell. I started getting hopeful at this point. Maybe it's okay. Nobody's here. I was just imagining things, and it's going to be fine. I'm still taking the slow steps up when it appears. Something's there. I can't actually remember what it was, and I never could after I woke up. But it was horrifying beyond belief, and I would always try to close my eyes because that was my thing as a child. If you can't see it, then it can't see you. But I could still see it. I couldn't blink, couldn't shut my eyes. It was like my eyelids weren't working. I would even try holding my hands in front of my face, but I still couldn't block it out. I could see through my hands, and I couldn't do anything. I was frozen, unable to do anything except stare at this thing all but a meter away from me. It's fucking terrifying, yeah, man. Right? This is a really well-written piece. Like, typical like dream stuff, like your hands don't work, you can't move, you just can't seem to get away. Yeah. Whatever I saw, whatever I did, for those eight years I was at that house, I had to force myself up the stairs. Day or night, it was horrifying. My mother sighed and tried to reason with me. My father growled at me and called me a coward. 
and my sister just laughed and said I was retarded. Oh, man. But every time I had to go up those stairs, as soon as I hit the top stairwell, I had to stop and make sure that I could cover my eyes with my hands or that I could shut my eyes. Of course, it would terrify me most when I'd go blink and wave my hands in front of my face and it wouldn't work, and I'd realize I was dreaming. Good story. That was a good one. I like it. Up next, story six, the haunted truck. Oh, this would terrify my son. He's into everything cars and trucks. I used to have a truck that I swore had a ghost of a dead baby in it. I used to get home late from my job as a dishwasher, and after I parked and was sitting in my driveway with the engine off, I would hear this really faint sound of a baby crying. Late at night, when it was quiet, it used to make my arm hair stand on end. I used to get home and hop out of the car in fear of hearing it. That's just not one of those noises that you just hear. That's so sad. Just a baby crying. Right? It's a wendigo. (laughs) In his backseat. One night, I decided to sit there and just listen. Try to pinpoint the sound. Eventually, I discovered that it was indeed not a dead baby. But when I undid my seat buckle, the old spring of the seat belt retractor would slowly start pulling the belt in creating a faint noise that sounded like wailing. Oh, he debunked his own horror story. Ooh, the haunted seatbelt. Just a rusty seatbelt. <laughs> oh, man, this story's really long. I hope you guys have time. Number seven, alone, was playing Connect one night. It detected a second player. I was alone. That's creepy, actually. The end. <laughs> oh, my God. So, I actually, this happened to me, too. I think... I don't know. I think it happened to a lot of people because, like, the Kinect, if you don't know what it was, it's, like, the little camera that came with the old Xboxes that, like, you could do, like, sports stuff and exercise stuff with in games. And a lot of people were saying, like, it would, like, log a second player in and no one was there. It happened to me all the time. Like, I'd just be sitting there playing that, like, river rafting game. Yeah. And it's like, welcome, player two. I'm like, what the fuck? There's no one else here. That's weird, man. But it was terrifying. I mean, you can't say that it's not. But Especially if it's, like, in the middle of the night while you're playing. Yeah. Welcome, player two. All right. Number eight, the neighbor. (gasps) It's always the neighbor. A few years back, I rented an apartment from a friend of mine. He had recently bought it and had it completely renovated. He put it up for sale but couldn't find a buyer, so I offered to rent it in the meantime. After moving in, I realized that there was something wrong with the lady next door. She was about 45 but looked much older. She would sit up all night listening to Christian radio shows and talking loudly to someone. Oh, Jesus Christ. It got to the point where I couldn't sleep, so I went over to her place and asked her to keep it down. She opened the door, and I got a quick peek. Her walks all had crosses painted on them in different colors, and words like Jesus and angels scribbled everywhere. The windows were painted black, letting no light in at all. It was damp, yellow-stained, 50-year-old carpets, dog shit, and cockroaches everywhere. No dog, though. So, it's, uh, that's not dog poop. (laughs) You might have a point. (laughs) I mean, there's no dog. How do you get dog poop without a dog? I asked her to please keep it down. She just looked at me and shut the door. Then she turned up the radio even louder. The next night, I had my girlfriend staying over. I wake up in the middle of the night and see a shadow of a person next to the bed looking at us sleeping. (laughs) I think I'm hallucinating, as I usually do in the dark when I'm sleepy. 
But then the shadow starts talking. Player two has joined the game. It's my neighbor, and she's holding something in her hand. She broke in during the night, and who knows how long she stood there. You should lock your doors at night, she said, and walks out. Nope. Nope. Oh, man, that's nope. creepy. I thought it was <laughs> nope. like, going to be her apparition after, after she died. No. The next... She's sitting there holding, like, dog poop. Oh, my she really God. Lock your door. The next morning, I hear someone making strange noises below my bedroom window. It's my neighbor talking to herself in tongue. She has a plastic bag in her hand with her rotting, dead dog inside it. What the fuck? It's hot as hell outside, and I can smell death from the bag. At this point, I'm scared shitless. She obviously is very insane. I go upstairs and knock on another person's door and ask what the hell's going on. The guy is as scared as me. Apparently, she broke into his apartment one evening as well while he was watching TV with his kids. He got up from the couch to get a snack, only to find her behind the couch staring at him holding a power drill. Oh, my God. Now I know what was in her hand before. This is either... It's it's so crazy that it's either completely real or it's not at all. And someone just is trolling. I believe this. More than <laughs> it's anything. It's just dude, crazy old, old enough people to be. <laughs> go nuts, dude. Especially with like Alzheimer's and stuff. Oh, Who knows? I'm here to fix your railing <laughs> with my power tool. Here's Bertha. At this stage, I'm basically pooping myself. As you do. I call the cops and they know all about her. Apparently, she is a violent schizo, and she hasn't taken her meds. But they can't force her or enter her apartment without her permission, because she owns it. The only thing they can do is get her when she goes outside. I sit up for the next two days, waiting for her to run out of cigarettes. When I hear her leave at 2 a.m. to go across the road to the 7-Eleven, I call the cops. They have three cars and a special van over in less than two minutes. They restrain her and throw her in the van and drive off to some institution. And in less than a minute, it's like she was never there. I never see her again. Still have nightmares about her looking at me in my sleep. Yeah, that's not something you just recover from. Oh, man, that was... Like, I don't think I could ever fall asleep again. Oof. I have nightmares about a lady with a power tool. Right. Big old hammer. I'd have a gun under my pillow. Your pillow? You'd shoot an old lady? <laughs> the power of Christ compels you. Okay. Coyotes in the night. I was fixing a jumped belt on an old Gleaner K2 in the middle of the field, in the middle of the night, when my dog, a 110-pound lab, who's usually sniffing for birds when I stop, is standing still and letting out a growl I've never heard from him before. I shine my almost-dead flashlight where he's looking, and I see three sets of eyes change quickly from a glow to a silhouette to coyotes. They're pretty harmless on their own, but in a pack, they're relentless. I call for my dog and bolt for the cab, but he runs at them instead. I stood on the platform for what felt like hours as my dog tried to fight off the now five coyotes. I couldn't let my buddy die, so I grabbed the hammer geez, and wrapped my jacket around my arm. The second I got close, one of them went for my leg and I offered my arm instead, which it gladly took and I swung down on its back with all my might. Second coyote, same as the first, grabs my arm and I swing at his back. The other three are switching between fighting and dragging my dog into the corn, and like an idiot, I throw the hammer at the pack with no effect. I kick the one doing the most dragging and he thankfully runs off. I picked up the hammer and swing it at the one my dog doesn't have and stood back to watch my dog chase off the fifth. 
He came back bloody and limping, but no worse for wear. But even with the rabies shot, he started showing symptoms about a week later. Toughest thing I had to do to date was putting that dog down. That's so sad, but I'm so glad he fought for him. Yeah. I thought the dog was going to make it. I hate that story. I hate when dogs die. Me too. I don't like it. Number 10, sleep app. Ah, these things are fun. A few months ago, I downloaded a program for my phone, Sleep as Android. I bought the premium version of the app for the extra features to record sound throughout the night when volume reaches a certain threshold. It's funny. A lot of those apps will tell you when you fart. (laughs) It's like, you farted at 2 a.m. It would activate when I would snore or move around. I would usually spend the next evening going over some of the recorded sounds. Everything was pretty normal until I listened to something out of the ordinary. It was near to the beginning of April, and I had the apartment to myself. I'll let you listen to the sound before I go into explaining it. Do you have the sound? No, we don't have the sound. Fuck. Shit, I don't know. It started out picking up my snoring, and then the hairs on my neck stood up as I hear my doorknob moving. Following this, you can hear my door open slowly. Oh, no. I was confused and a little worried. Everything was still locked up. Nobody came home. The chain lock was still latched on the front door, and my landlord certainly didn't come. I don't use that app anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those apps, I don't know. I mean, like, I know it's supposed to, like, record the quality of your sleep, but, like, I don't know what I would do, literally, if it's like, hey, you had restful sleep, and then all of a sudden you hear, like, your door open, someone comes in, start talking, you hear, like, a power drill go off. You know what would be creepy? Mm. Like, you just hear this, like, almost childlike chant. Nope. Like, that would creep me the fuck out. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't not be scared. It's like, hippity hop hops at night. Hops on your chest. Like, what? What? This one's called Lock the Doors. This happened to me when I was about eight and still scares me to this day. One evening, I went to let my dogs in from the back garden at around 9 p.m. It was pitch black, so I quickly opened the door and my dogs came bounding in. As soon as they came in, I locked the door and at this moment, a person on the other side pulled the handle down trying to get into my house. We had a glass door, so even in the dark, I could see the outline of a man standing there. I ran to my dad, and he ran into the back garden after this man and saw him running down the road. Since then, I have closed and locked doors at the speed of light. Oh, man. Nope. Number 12. Who was it? (gasps) A good old whodunit. When I was seven, I woke up in the middle of the night with an earache. I decided to tell my mom and my stepdad and walked out of my room. Someone was sitting on the chair in the living room, about three feet away from my bedroom door. The person looked strange. The face was just kind of distorted, but it was dark and I couldn't see well. Mom? (laughs) Is that you, Mom? With the distorted face? The person shook their head, and I started getting scared. Mike? The person shook their head again. I decided the best course of option was to go back to bed so I wouldn't have to walk past this person. I climbed in bed and closed my eyes for a second. Before opening them and seeing the person standing in my doorway, smiling, madly, and nodding furiously. Jesus. (laughs) Man. I screamed at the top of my lungs and closed my eyes. My dad came running out of his room in his underwear with a baseball bat. That was a scary sight in itself. (laughs) There was nothing there. But clothes my mom had folded and had put on the chair were strewn around the living room. For the longest time, I told myself it was a cat 
sitting on the clothes. What kind of movement does the cat have to do to like smile madly and nodding oh. furiously? That's like like a horror movie, right? You yeah. close your eyes and it's just right in your doorway. Like, oh, nope. Ooh, this one sounds good. Puddles of blood. Ooh. Watching an A7 Corsair grab the number three cable that had not been fully retracted. We're supposed to know what that means. It has to be some type of. Let's just look it up. So I think it's like when it's it's, like when they take off, they have the cords. Yeah, it's a navy, so it's an aircraft carrier. Okay. After the wire broke and whipped around, two sailors were dead and two were amputees. Oh God! It's like the beginning of that movie Ghost Ship, where that wire just cuts everyone in half. Yeah. Getting to the scene seconds after was the most horrible sight I have ever witnessed. Using a mop and pail to swab up the puddles of blood. Heart-wrenching. Jesus Christ. I don't think... No, it was an A7 Corsair. Number 14. Ghosts on a tin roof. I'm a nighttime tour guide at an old convict prison in Australia. It's run by the government, so the tours are pretty watered down and family-friendly. The tours run between like 6 and 9 on Wednesday and Friday nights. And some of the scariest shit I've ever experienced has happened there. I'm not convinced in ghosts and whatnot, but if there are, they're definitely there. Every other person who works there has their own creepy story. My scariest was when I had a group of about 30 people in the gallows one night, the room where people were hanged. And the room is made of corrugated tin. So I was there doing my bit when suddenly there was this huge bang on the roof. Tin is loud. Like shit hits tin. Everyone looked up and a few people screamed, but a lot laughed. We have a few actors that jump out on tours, so they probably thought it was that. The banging didn't stop, though. It was kind of irregular at sort of like half second intervals, like boom, 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 boom. And people were getting creeped, me included. So I took the group outside. Now the roof of the room is uh, slanted, a frame. So if, if you walk back a bit, you can see the outside of the roof. We all watched as this one bit of tin looked like it was being stomped on from the outside. The ghost really does not like that bit of tin. Yeah. Moving and everything, still banging. When I took the group to the next spot, we finished off the tour and a few people thought it was a joke but it genuinely terrified me. I've got some ghost photos on my galaxy. I'll try to upload them now, but I'm not very good at interneting. This will be on our uh, YouTube feed. Oh, you have the pictures? Yeah. Oh, nice. Interneting, that's the word of the day. Yeah. Next story. His lovers or his victims? (laughs) This is creepy. At least I always thought it was. I was working in a big grocery warehouse. Hundreds of people worked there. It was night shift, sitting in a break room at lunch with a couple of other guys trying to find something to talk about to stay awake. I started talking about the best jobs I've ever had. After a minute or so, this older guy, who never said more than a word or two at a time, starts telling us about his nursing home he used to work at. He was in his 60s, and he'd already been at the current job for 30-plus years at that time, so his story took place when he was a young man, I surmised. He was an attendant for this nursing home, and he told us he used to have sex with many of the female residents. Okay. Content alert. Content (laughs) alert. Trigger warning. These were elderly ladies, and... Why (laughs) Why the fuck do I get these? these? Are you serious? (laughs) Banging elderlies? (laughs) 
These were elderly ladies and handicapped people as well. He told us he'd usually get it on with at least one of them every night, and they were all very grateful for his attention. I just feel so gross reading this. This is not good. Sorry, people. He felt he was in heaven at the time. God damn it. According to him, some of the ladies he was involved with were in their 80s, and all of them were very lonely. He said his favorite was a younger woman who had cerebral palsy. So I'm not going to read the rest of this. (laughs) uh, Just read the end that he got. Yeah, I'm going to read. I'm going to cut through because I'm not about that. Uh, When break was over and he left the break room, me and the other guy sat there for a moment, and I asked him if he'd ever heard that story before. He said, hell no. I've never even heard him talk that long about anything before. The guy in question was always such a quiet guy, and I switched back to the day shift not long after that, so I never talked about it with him again. But it really stuck in my mind in a creepy way. I think he believed what he said. But were these women his lovers or his victims? Yeah, I uh, we cut a good chunk out of there because it just goes into some details that I don't think anyone needs to hear. We're so. a family-friendly show, damn yeah. it. There are children listening to this. All right, the next one. Story 16, hit the lights. Man, I hope you don't get anything crazy. To really get my story, you have to have an understanding of my third floor landing. There's a single set of stairs that lead up to it. Once on the landing, it's a T-shape with an office to the left, my bedroom to the right, and as straight ahead is a bathroom with a shower. Anyway, one night, 10 p.m., I'm taking a shower before I go to sleep. The glass panels on the shower is like concave, convex glass that blurs everything. So everything was blurred and unclear. It's just natural censorship. Yeah. I glance at the door and I see some kind of hand-like figure. Now, it was pitch black, so right there it freaked me out because I come from a family of pale, white Welsh people. What freaked me out more was how the hand seemed to come through the door, or at least at an angle where whomever the hand belonged to would be visible. All it did was hit the lights. That's it. No noise, no attack, or anything. It just turned off the fucking lights. It's a prankster. So there I am. I just witnessed a phantom hand. And now I'm in the shower and it's pitch fucking black. I've never been so chilled to the bone before. Something about being in the darkness of the night with the only noise being the water hitting the floor beneath me, just reduced me to the most primal state of pure fear I've ever been in. I eventually get myself to leave the shower and hit the lights. The relief that came over me was immense. I've never been able to explain it. The stairs up the landing are old and creak like hell. I would have heard someone come and go down. No one was in my room or the office. Weirder still, nothing like it has happened since. Hmm. That's creepy. It is kind of weird. All right. Connects are seeing ghosts all over the place. See, I told you, it was pretty. it's pretty common. Woke up one night to some noise downstairs. Xbox was on and the Kinect was moving up and down every so often like it does when you set it up. Turned it off, went back to bed. Next morning, I booted up the Xbox and TV and started Kinect Adventures. Several pics were taken last night of an in-game action, but no one was in the pictures. Oh my god, that's creepy. <laughs> oh. 
I would sell it. Like, that's it. Okay. But Connect Adventures, that's the game I was thinking about. Like the river rafting one. Yeah. What, what if you woke up one morning and you see a little Polaroid of you sleeping like next to your bed? That's in a movie. It's a little bit of a... Is it? Yeah. I don't know. It's probably a TV show, actually. It reminds me of Sinister, but that's like filming, right? Sinister, that movie still. Yeah. That just unnerves the hell out of you. Yeah, it's in a movie. I'll have to find it. If, if our viewers know, send it to us because that's going to drive me nuts until I know what it is. Yeah. All right. Story number 18. The Booger Man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the Booger Man. There's a booger. It's on. The Boogeyman. I'm a journalist and was told this doozy by a woman I interviewed for a true crime story. When this woman was a young girl, say eight years old, she started to come downstairs at night to tell her father that there was a man in her closet. He tells her there's no such thing as a boogeyman and sends her back to bed. This happens on and off for like a week. Finally, he gets frustrated and walks her back to the room and says, I'll show you there's nothing in your closet and goes to open the door. It opens an inch and then he feels someone slam it shut. Turns out there really was a man in her closet. This guy was a perv who would come into the house every night and stare at the girl from the closet while she slept. The dad kicked the shit out of him, and the perv went to prison for many years. Holy hell. I researched her story 20 years after this happened. The guy had just gotten out of jail again, and no one could find him. That's a twist. These are good stories outside of the creepy rapist. Yeah, the one I had to read. Okay, got two more. This one's called Car Trouble. Driving to pick up a friend who was at his cabin party about 40 miles west of where I lived. It was close to 2 a.m., so I'm driving down this back road to find this random cabin somewhere, and I come across this red four-door sedan with all the doors open and four limp figures in the seats with their heads slumped over. That alone kind of freaked me the fuck out. Later on, I'm driving by again after a failed attempt at picking up my friend. Mind you, it's getting close to 3 in the morning, and only the front seat passenger door was open, and every person in that car was staring with a blank dead stare directly at me as I drove past at 10 miles per hour. Very creepy to me. Jesus Christ, that is, that's nuts. Their mouths were agape, just staring. Number 20, our last story for the night. This one is called... Imaginary friend. We've all had one. Yeah. Mine's Britain. Don't use my buttons. <laughs> <laughs> I lived on 13 acres. Most of it was forest. I was eight. Hardly ever home alone. But when I was, this kind of thing would happen all the time. Like 90% of the stories we read, they were eight years old. Do people... What like, happens at eight years old? I think ghosts just like the energy of kids for some reason. I think they like to spook them. Eight specifically. Yeah, maybe. Only when I was alone. The doors would open while they were locked. My young dogs would run up to the door and stay 10 feet away barking at something I couldn't see while I hid behind the bar clutching a knife. At the same home, my younger sister and I would play in the woods with just our dogs. At five and seven years old, we had an imaginary friend that we both would talk to and could hear what it was saying. Our dogs would follow it when it would walk away and run around it in circles as it moved around. I don't think I've ever heard of a shared imaginary friend. Yeah, it's just a creep. A hobo with a shotgun in the woods. Now, that was my imaginary friend. It was a 
ended up being a hobo with a shotgun. I revisited the house eight years later and saw a figure moving along the edge of the woods. It looked like the same size of our imaginary friend. When I told my sister, she told me she saw it too, but no one else did. I didn't realize until I was older that there was no way we would... I didn't realize until I was older that there was no way we both should have been able to hear it or the dogs shouldn't have been able to see it. And that's it. Wow. I actually like those stories. Yeah, they were really Other good. Other than the one. I think this is going to be a new series, just creepy true stories. Well, we hope everyone liked those stories as well. And if you have short stories you want us to cover, even if it happened to you, please send them our way. Enter the abysspod at gmail.com. Uh, and like Cleet was saying, we definitely want to uh, start having a little bit more listener engagement and having you give us a call and tell us your personal stories uh, on on air. So, Again, enter the abysspod at gmail.com. And if you're watching us on YouTube, please like, share, and subscribe. It really gets our channel out there. And as always, thank you for entering the abyss. Until next time.